to discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trad Tasman Talk. Back on a Friday night, this 21st of October 2022. I'm Tim Williams, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne, where it is 6 p.m. And I am Dewa DeBoer here in Auckland, where it is 8 p.m. on the dot. We finally made it back to the what is uh, supposed to be the the regular uh, time slot now after well a few irregular weeks which we're going to to blame on our uh, other uh, colleague who's not here uh, Stephen Berry it's all his fault yeah sure you can you can blame him uh, but I have been I have been busy been doing other things I have a life. All of those good things, and uh, anyway, it's so sometimes it doesn't work that, out. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, I don't. Uh, I won't put that question to you. It's okay. Uh, hello to <laughs> everyone in the the, the live chat. Uh, we're on the Unshackled and Right Minds YouTube channel as well as the the Right Minds facebook uh, page and as always we've got the the entropy uh, interface where you if you log into it you can ask us a direct question throughout the show we have a q a at the end or even better yet send through a super chat uh, to support the production of the show well um no COVID update from new zealand um except for well, you've moved to weekly updates uh, like we have I, I uh, over. I don't even know over here. Yeah. Well, it's it, it, all the the states and territories. They now dump their their COVID data on a, on a Friday, and the 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 those who are still fixated <laughs> on on COVID still uh, put it into their their data. Uh, feeds to get a ref re reproduction rate and everything's still uh trending down so the what is it the the, the there's always a like we're, we're told a new scariant is is around the corner mm -hmm. some sort of uh, omicron what is that uh what are the current ones xbb and what is it bq 1.1 <laughs> they're like so uh having so weird names now yeah there was a point in time when you know when we were a serious people that we would give things real names but now it's it's too dangerous to give things real names so they get fake names instead yeah oh well the thing is uh, omicron has been like the the ultimate boss uh, variant like there's been nothing since then it's just all the the, the children and grandchildren of omicron so it just comes up with all these uh, uh ridiculous uh names now so in uh, in new zealand we finally had a few uh covid powers uh, ditched. In fact, I made a, a post uh, about the government needing to ditch these powers and got lots of angry leftists saying, you want people to die. And then three hours later, the government uh, revealed it was listing some of these COVID powers. Uh, and then all of the leftists, of course, said that this was an appropriate thing for the government to do. 
as has become their habit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A, a, a lot of these uh, Twitter types, they're, they're, they're cheerleaders for, for their side. Like yeah. in Australia. Uh, but it's is... insane. Like, like I said, it was three hours apart, three hours apart between getting comments from left to saying you want people to die to the government literally just doing, you know, well, some of, of what I had mentioned. So it's cutting, it's significantly narrowing the powers that it has. And the government will no longer have the ability to impose lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and gathering limits. But um, they are still keeping things like a required uh, seven seven day isolation period. Uh, if you have a, if you uh, have COVID, you don't need to. If you are a close contact, it also means if you don't test, you don't need to isolate. I guess um, I don't know if there's a requirement to test, but probably not. And of course, they still do have their mask wearing in um, like doctors doctors hospitals and doctors offices and so on there's the the short short list there anyway so it's a a partial victory like most things we have to make do with the partial victories here Uh, but it's one it's it's one one thing one thing now uh, and if you keep the pressure on then the next thing will go and so on so it's important for people to keep demanding that the rest of it has to go and uh Exactly. Yes, uh, never I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it to you, but I also have no idea what's going on. Um, so we're, we're all in the same boat here. Cheers. Uh, all the Australian t- states and, and territories have, have ditched mandatory isolation now. It's still obviously strongly recommended. Well, if you are sick, uh, stay home. That's, well, that, that's just sensible <laughs> advice. Period. Well, if you stick, good luck, you know, getting out of your uh, bedroom, uh, for starters, if you're legitimately uh, sick. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so we've had uh, no uh, mandatory isolation for a a week. And as I mentioned, uh, so far, the the, the downward uh, trajectory of cases, hospitalization, deaths has uh, continued due to what's called hybrid immunity, so mixture of... uh, uh, we're told the the vaccines and also people getting infected with COVID uh, anyway, uh, which we were told, uh, obviously, we've had Pfizer say, no, we never, you know, tested that stopping transmission, yeah, exactly. even though that, that, yeah, that, that was the big were. news. That was the big news of the week is, in, is that they admitted, Pfizer admitted that, that it was never supposed to stop transmission. So they all lied. Uh, and we were right, along with all of the others saying that, you know the effectiveness was uh not up to scratch uh, and then of course you have issues around possibly uh heart issues excess deaths and so on uh, many open questions uh that will remain for the years to come obviously we don't have the answers because it's all yeah. uh there's a, a video that's gone viral by dr john campbell about the the excess deaths uh in uh, australia mm-hmm. Uh, this year, which um, for some reason his YouTube channel is still allowed to be up, even though he's, what is it, uh, talking uh, a bit too much truth, I would have thought. Uh, so <laughs> it's they, but, they'll uh, slowly, they'll slowly allow the tap, you know, to be, to be opened up. So they are a little bit more info, drip, 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 uh, until people move on. Mm-hmm. We had this week uh, two 
uh, independent reports about uh, Australia's uh, pandemic uh, response, aka the COVID zero police state lockdown, well, at least until uh, enough people were uh, forced to get uh, vaccinated because there was that ultimatum we're not going to be opening up until at least 70, 80% of you uh, get uh, vaccinated. So there has been a uh, re report uh, in the the Lancet. Uh, so, uh, and its its summary here is that uh, it says because uh, this is by sort of the the, the more sensible uh, public health uh, uh, public health experts, officials. When I say experts, like actually qualified people, such as uh, Peter Collignong, uh, Professor Peter Collignong, I should say, uh, uh, Fiona Russell. Uh, uh, Julia Less, who's a, I, I think, a, a human rights academic. If I, I'll click on it in a moment. It has the full, full length, full length of authors. But it says, although movement restrictions were effective, their implementation requires careful consideration of adverse impacts. Uh, disease modelling was valuable, but limitation should be acknowledged. Well, it was always wrong. The absence of timely national data requires. <laughs> reassessment of national surveillance structures, the utility of advanced pathogen genomics and novel vaccine technology was clearly demonstrated. Decision-making that is evidence-informed and consultative is essential to maintain trust. I wouldn't disagree with that. Major system weakness in residential aged care sec sector requ requiring fixing because yes, a lot of our health response was, what is that, locking up the, the healthy while failing to protect mm -hmm. the, the vulnerable. Adequate yeah, so that, that's basically the outcome that that was so easy to predict, and plenty of people did predict it. Is you do all of the you you take all of these measures, and in the end, you don't actually protect anybody, and that that's what the outcome of these reports are now. And we will see that in the years to come, uh, is that they just fail to save anybody, uh, which was so predictable. But of course, uh, you know, people were uh, cancelled and persecuted for saying the truth. Adequate infection, infection prevention and control frameworks were critically important. The interests and needs of young people should not be compromised. Uh, exactly. Epidemics should be recognised as a standing threat. Regional and global solidarity is important. Uh, so if I go to, where's the, where's the PDF gone for this? Oh, here it is up here. Yeah. So this has got the, the, the author's in it. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Professor Peter Collignong, he's uh, been very based this year. Uh, so has uh, pediatrician Fiona Russell, uh, Catherine Bennett. She's been one of the more measured epidemiologists. So she still like maintains, well, it was worth it having these measures in, in place until we're all uh, vaccinated. And I mentioned, uh, 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 Julie, uh, Julie Lees, who's a, a who's a uh, human rights academic, uh, but uh, the independent uh, pandemic uh, review. Uh, this uh, this was led by Western University 
Western Sydney University Chancellor Peter Sheargold concluded that significant mistakes were made by politicians and bureaucrats during the pandemic. The review found that soaring domestic violence rates, increased alcohol abuse and deteriorating mental and physical health were among the most pandemic's most worst outcomes. It said rules were formulated and enforced in ways that lack fairness and compassions. Lockdown at, lockdowns and border closures should have been used less and politics played a role in unnecessary restrictions. The paddle was scathing of school closures, reporting that it was wrong to close entire school systems, particularly once new information indicated that schools were not high transmission environments. So I, I see Malcolm Roberts, they're calling for, for a Royal Commission, which we're calling for in New Zealand as well, but Labor won't do it. But the thing is, um, a Royal I Commission. I think ultimately you would hope that something like a Royal yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're not you going to get that. You won't get to the bottom of it, but you would hope that you get far enough down to stop something like this happening again. Uh, it's basically it, right? If the Royal Commission were to find even just a fraction, just 10% of what happened, uh, if you get that out of a Royal Commission, it means that they, you know, it, it breaks their power to be able to do this again, because then you, you know, they'd have to go against at least some of the advice of, the, of a Royal Commission. Because there's no way the Royal Commission is going to find that I, everything went right. Let's do that again. Um, you know, even even their own people, they won't have enough of their own people to say that. Um, as you see with with the leaks uh, happening in uh, in why well, I say leaks, uh, but you know the people who used to be for the jab, for the lockdowns, for uh, the these programs uh, are, are now starting to test the waters and speak out a little bit. So yeah, as time goes on, as I've been saying all along, as time goes on, that will get get better and better and come uh, another year or two and you won't find anybody who will defend uh, 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 lockdowns and mandatory vaccination. They'll all say, oh, oh yeah, that was a bad idea. I didn't support that, you know, however, um, when really, of course, they did uh, because they would just go along with the crowd. I sent you a link, uh, a last minute link, since, since I can't put it up uh, on your Telegram. I can send it somewhere else if you want, but it's a, um, it's a chart of the... Um, vaccination rates across the board in New Zealand. And um, before COVID-19, New Zealand had like 90, 95% vaccination rates for two-year-olds. And now post-COVID, with all vaccines, some demographics are down to below 70%. And the average is probably about 80%, 80-something uh, percent. So you're seeing a massive drop in utilization and trust in the entire vaccination system uh, because of oh, yeah, COVID. Yeah, no worries, um, which I don't care about. But obviously, the public health experts may care about that. Um, yeah. Yes, anyway, you see the graph, why... basically it climbs and then it, it drops down to wherever before they started keeping records. Yeah. yeah because we're, we're seeing it overseas with this uh, circulating polio in places like New York and, and London. And uh, uh, there's also been some outbreaks of other uh, childhood uh, uh, diseases such as uh, diphtheria uh, in northern New South Wales, which is an anti-vax hotspot. And who would have thought that uh, forcing experimental uh, vaccines on a population would turn more people into anti-vaxxers, including vaccines that actually are safe and effective? Now, now uh, shall I move? May I move on, or are you? Uh, I've got um, one other health-related uh, story. 
Uh, so uh, the ABC and the, the Sydney Morning Herald uh, did a joint uh, investigation uh, into uh, 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 alleged uh, fraud of uh, Medicare's, uh, the, the, the Medicare rebate uh, system. Uh, so it was based on this uh, PhD by Dr. Margaret Forks, uh, who concluded that uh, uh, nearly 30% of Medicare's annual budget or about $8 billion a year is being lost through fraud, incorrect payments and errors. So the Australian Medical Association, uh, it's basically a, a doctor's lobby uh only around 20 percent of doctors are members of the the ama uh their president uh steve uh steve robson uh he's a, a massive uh COVID restrictions fan so he immediately before it aired called it uh garbage on twitter well he put a photo of garbage because he's very into cringe memes and so he went on abc 730 last night um, and he admitted he hadn't read the Medicare research he claims uh, is wrong. It's basically the way that it came across, it's like, oh, this is not true. Not, you know, this uh, figure is, is not true at all. Uh, you're attacking all doctors by, uh, you know, uh, putting a cloud over them. Uh, basically, it came across as like nothing to see here. And um, a former uh, deputy chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Nick Coatsworth, uh, he uh, put an op-ed which uh, uh, said, uh, don't protest too loudly, doctors, we do have a Medicare crisis. And I'm not surprised that there's like over-claiming, incorrect claiming or outright fraud going on alleged because when government provides a whole pot of, of money, uh, uh, then of course that uh, uh, the the uh, very various people are attracted to to getting some of that uh, money. Uh, I think there was a comment like ten minutes ago in the chat saying, "I followed the science, I found nothing, uh, but I followed the money, and I found the science." <laughs> we can relate that to this uh, report here as well. Uh, follow the money, you can get to the bottom of anything. Yes, that was by uh, Kresha, yes. And uh, yes, the, the, the money has taken us uh, lots of places, such as, what is it, uh, the mRNA vaccines are now on the uh, the American Childhood Immunization uh, Register because that gives the, the companies liability, oh, well, uh, immunity from liability. Yep, absolutely. Well, uh, uh, more bad news for the government here is that New Zealand will be having a by-election on the 10th of December. Uh, so three days ago, uh, M former Labour MP Gaurav Sharma announced that he was resigning from Parliament, which would trigger a by-election, and that he was then standing as an independent uh, in the next election. Um, yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, so to explain, yeah, for Australians, I'll need to explain how that works, uh, is that if it's less than six months before, an, uh, more than six months before an election, a party can kick out one of their members and trigger a by-election for, for, you know, for, force a by-election to be held. Uh, but if they wait till exactly six months before the election and then kick out the member, then he's gone for six months before the election. So this is basically what Labour was planning to do to him. So he's resigned now, which is about a year out from the election. Triggering a by uh, triggering a by-election will mean that if he wins, uh, he can stay in you know, parliament the whole way through. 
So that's his plan. Uh, we'll see if it pays off for him. Uh, he wrote a very long Facebook post that you brought up on the screen there. Um, he's a man of many words. Uh, he's a, a doctor from India. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of surprised he didn't, he hasn't attached himself to any existing parties. Uh, I would have thought, you know, if he was a leftist, he would have probably gone with uh, the Opportunities Party. Uh, if he didn't like the uh, uh, vaccine mandates and so on, which he did, I think, you know, he was very much in favor of those things. So he wouldn't have joined any, uh, any right wing party at all. Uh, but instead, he's decided to start his own party, which sounds crazy. Um, but I did a little, a little bit of digging into his background and the people backing him. And there was a former party uh, in New Zealand known as the People's Party, which was founded by uh, Indian businessmen who uh, were basically uh, connected with uh, uh, Hindutva, uh, sort of the right wing, or they keep calling it the conservative right wing extremist Hindu nationalists. I don't know if you've heard of them. But it's a, what is that? It's, it's a, what is that? Ethnic religious party. Yeah, it's, a, it's an ethnic religious party, but they call themselves like centrist and non-ideological. Um, but they're basically a Hindu nationalists. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the leftists get really annoyed. Uh, the leftists are arguing that some kind of Hindu nationalist plot uh, to, uh, uh, so you already have global, ethnic to set up a global Aryan empire. Yeah. yeah, is that is like New Zealand is like is in the future there's going to be all of these yeah. different uh, ethnic and religious based yes. parties except the the white party. Yeah, well, that's the idea. That's it. Um, but you know, hopefully by the time we're done, New Zealand will only consist of religion uh, of both eth ethnic and religious parties, and we'll just squeeze everybody else out of the uh, of the picture. Uh, it'll be a glorious it'll be a glorious time, like the uh, you know comparable to like the Wild West or you know, the, uh, the ravages of getting And we should uh, remind <laughs> our, our viewers the reason why he uh, was kicked out of the Labour Party is because he uh, made lots of bullying uh, allegations. And so to get rid of the allegations, mm. uh, they just kicked him out. Exactly. They forced him out. Uh, and, and by the way, just to confirm to the chat, I'm not 100% sure that he is actually a Hindu nationalist or whatever, but... He, he's had Hindu nationalists offer to fund his campaign and so on, and, and they're connected with him. So that seems like a likely possibility here, although he's keeping a very tight-lipped at the moment. Um, but he's, he's most of most of his what, what he what he says he's he's been he, what has been the driving force behind him leaving is that he has been bullied, um, and that he's been uh, told that if he complains about the Labour Party, that it would ruin his political career, uh, which you know happened. Uh, he was told that he should put the party above the country uh, and so on. Uh, and that, that's the kind of behavior that goes on inside the Labour Party. Uh, and uh, um, uh, we, we are thankful the... for him for exposing that and we wish him all the best. In the uh, Victorian uh, Labour Party, uh, there is also a now independent MP of Indian origin, uh, uh, Kashlaya Vaghela, uh, I probably pronounced that that wrong. She's made bullying right. allegations against Dan Andrews' office. She's uh, founded her own party, the the New Democrats, and uh, she uh, she lodged a uh, complaint uh, to WorkSafe uh, Victoria, who have already concluded. Yep, um, you know nothing for us to investigate here. <laughs> We've investigated ourselves. Um, the, the interesting thing is he asked for an investigation, you know, internal party investigation, and they wouldn't even give him that. Uh, so um, who knows? Uh, yeah. 
cool. Um, yes, I see a comment here saying uh, it was leftists asserting that he's in Dutfa. Yes, that's right. Um, do we have Sikh nationalists? Probably. Uh, the Sikh nationalists are more aligned with uh, the National Party. Um, and But I don't know if they're nationalists per se. Wouldn't wouldn't don't know enough to, to make a claim like that um yeah and oh he took his um something that, that mentioned was that he took his oath of office in sanskrit uh, and that apparently you know the fact that he wouldn't assimilate into new zealand it was another possibly another marker that he uh, uh you know is a hindu nationalist so is mispronouncing foreign names worse than using the wrong pronoun uh and i think you should always uh always use the correct pronoun the pronoun of birth and you should always mispronounce foreign names i'm much in favor of that uh, tim does it to me yeah. on every single show uh, i'm a big fan of mispronouncing foreign names i've had my surname mispronounced uh, my uh, entire life uh, so yeah but uh, this this whole uh, i remember our uh, former race discrimination commissioner tim supomasani he uh thought it was you know a, a sign of racism if you couldn't pronounce uh supomasani it's a, 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 a laotian name uh but we all learned how to pronounce it uh because he was just such a he was always like you know his head up on the on the news we we know how to uh pronounce a lot of our uh leaders uh long yeah. uh names such as anastasia all Palaszczuk, the wrong gladys berejiklian we <laughs> don't know how to spell them like i don't know how to spell any of these names i now know how to pronounce them mm -hmm. yeah uh, and so the last thing i'd like to say about this hamilton west seat is that it is uh considered to be a, a, the bellwether seat of new zealand politics so wh whoever wins Hamilton West wins the election. Uh, and the results tend to be fairly representative of the national uh, um, turnout. But that's obviously at a general election. Uh, this will be a, a by-election. Uh, but assuming uh, any of that holds, it should be an easy pickup for the National Party. Uh, even if Gaurav Sharma does well, uh, there's no way he can do well enough to retake the seat. Uh, you have a lot of former MPs who think that the people in their electorate voted for them. Uh, that's not how it works here in New Zealand. I don't know about Australia, but uh, nine out of ten times they get absolutely smashed when they try and take, you know, take their their seat that they represent. Yes. Uh, because I because mean... the people, you know, like Winston Peters has done it. Um, uh, some of the uh, founders of the Maori Party managed to do so successfully, and perhaps Peter Peter Dunn. Um, you know, that's it. Like everyone else who's tried it has failed, and he's the kind of guy who looks like he'll fail uh, if. Yeah. You know, I mean, so he'll be gone. In, he'll be gone by the tenth of December. Yeah. I mean, the, this the, this the uniform swing that's in uh, a lot of uh, elections. Like uh, people in the seats, they just vote for whoever's got the the, the party that they want to vote for under. What is it? Nancy Pelosi once said that this glass uh, could uh, win a safe uh, Democrat district with a D yeah. in front of it. She was talking about uh, AOC. <laughs> <laughs> she meant bartender yeah. and that's a, that's absolutely the case here in new zealand uh like i said this isn't a safe seat but because it's a bellwether seat and polling is going so badly for the labor party i would say that it's very likely um very likely fairly fairly straightforward national party pickup um no we don't have mandatory voting in fact in our um local body elections the turnout in auckland was like 30 percent 
30 something percent, 40. I think nationally, we probably reached about 40 something percent turnout, perhaps at the end of the day, um, which I think is fairly normal for local body elections here. Um, and then at the uh, by-elections, we often have by 30% turnout as well, 30 to 40% turnout. And then general elections, we probably have about 70, 70% or so. I Obviously, Amy does the, the shopping for you, and she's oh, noticed yeah. that the <laughs> price of the fuel increasing. Yeah, that's right. She comes back. She's like, there's not enough money. Give me, give me more money. Uh, make more money. Work harder. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so uh, this week we had our inflation figures come in. Uh, all of the experts, all of the experts predicted that inflation was dropping. They were wrong. Uh, well, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, could, yeah. they got a, they had a pirate victory. Yeah, economic forecasting our... is not as useful as COVID modeling or climate modeling. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they just repurposed the uh, uh, economic models for COVID, and then they've repurposed them back for. Uh, uh, inflation. So we had uh, last quarter, uh, we were aiming for, we were hitting 7.3% uh, annual inflation. This quarter, we were hitting 7.2% annual inflation. So at this rate, um, we will get inflation down, you know, to a controllable level in about 30, 40, maybe 50 years. Um, so we're on track to have it under control. It's just going to take a really long time. Um, oh, the, well, the like... <laughs> It's gone down by 0.1%. It's on the way down. Yeah, it's on the way down. Absolutely. Uh, so we're doing great. Um, obviously, this means that, uh, yeah, if um, you know, people, because the labor market is still tight, so the, or it's, this is how the Reserve Bank talks about it, obviously, the economists. It's basically like we need more people to be unemployed because if more people are unemployed, then they can't demand higher wages. And if people keep demanding higher wages, then inflation is going to keep going up. So their goal is to try and make more people unemployed. Um, so, uh, if they drive the OCR up high enough, they may try and, you know, get people to foreclose, uh, on their houses, but not likely to happen if people can just demand more money from their bosses. Uh, so the plan is to reopen the borders, uh, you know, bring back, flood the country with, uh, cheap labor, low skilled immigrants. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. That. So it's basically, you know, can we open, can we, can we, bring in enough people to take your jobs to bring inflation under control. That's the official government strategy. Um, we'll see We'll see how appealing New Zealand is uh, with our international reputation for COVID lockdowns at the moment. Yeah, same with Australia as, uh, as well. Like uh, both our borders are completely open now to the vaxxed and, and unvaxxed, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, people uh, yeah, remember, like they, they, they always, rem they only remember the, the bad reports that come out <laughs> of uh, countries. Yeah. And yeah, like when you have uh, police uh, pepper spraying and knocking to the ground uh, elderly protesters, that kind yeah. of uh, sticks sticks in yeah. like a, an Americans or yeah. Europeans head. You know, like the, the parliament lawn getting burnt down and stuff like that, that kind of makes it onto international news in, in other countries. And they're like, oh. You know, uh, yeah, uh, I see uh, origin here. More, yeah, more social cohesion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once the, uh, uh, you know, once one, it's an, it's 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 the insane uh, rhetoric that they like to use. That I think we could turn. You know, we should turn on them because what? How do you get social cohesion? It's like obviously, you know, conservatism. A homogenous society, people who know each other, people who like each other. That's how you build social cohesion. 
uh, if you turn everybody against uh, each other with vaccine mandates, uh, uh, lockdowns, uh, you know, you, you replace the population with immigrant, you know, with, with just, you know, that's not how you build social cohesion. And so they all complain, oh, social cohesion is being destroyed. It's like, yeah, absolutely, because that's what you're doing. You're destroying, uh, so, you know, you're ripping society apart uh, and you're doing it on purpose and then trying to find a, sca- a scapegoat for it. Um, but we'll see if uh, if they can, you know, get back on track because right now the uh, the more immigrants they want to bring in don't want to come. Uh, at some point, your, uh, uh, your society is no longer uh, appealing enough uh, yeah, I noticed your uh, current cash rate is or interest rate is three point five percent. Oh no, sorry, it says that uh, 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 that you're likely to have like another interest rate rise in November. Ours is at uh, two point six percent. The Reserve Bank only raised it by point uh, two five uh, basis points uh, this time. And uh, we've got uh, Jim Chalmers' uh, mini budget uh, coming up next Tuesday. He's probably hoping that uh, it's uh, better well received uh, than Liz Truss and Quasi Quartang's mini budget a few weeks back. And uh, it's going to uh, have uh, the the much anticipated well-being uh, measurement, which obviously copied from uh, Jacinta Ardern. And of course, the the idea of a well-being uh, budget was hilariously mocked by the previous uh, treasurer, uh, Josh Frydenberg. Though you apologise for that mocking when some Hindus got offended. Uh, and no one's ever been offended in New Zealand for the well-being budget. So mocking the the well-being budget. No, that's the the. <laughs> it's just Sandra's favorite word. I guess she can't be she can't be racist. So it's all right. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so obviously you do have a much lower uh, OCR rate uh, than we do. Um, but you've you've obviously got uh, more manufacturing, more mining, more uh, primary industries, things that you can dig out of the ground. We have a problem uh, uh, here in New Zealand where we have a, you know, a lot less of that. So our OCR has been, been pushing up so much now that uh, looking at the borrowing stats for mortgage rates, um, you uh, have um, the three to four, three, four, five year rates now um, are pushing up to over 6%, basically across the board. Some of them uh, uh, have hit 7%. Uh, ANZ has been the first to rise to raise uh, their four and five year rates above seven percent. Three years is nearly at seven percent, um, but even their one year rate now is uh, six. You know, up to uh, you know their standard rate is six and a half, six point six percent for a mortgage uh, mortgage rate, which is uh, up. I'm trying to remember what our low point was. I think it was like three point nine. Uh, sorry, two point nine. So it's basically three three percent uh, was the low lowest rate you could get a year ago. So we're we're talking mortgage rates that are now more than double. Uh, and and rising rapidly. So next year is going to be a a very interesting interesting year for New Zealand uh, because uh, more and more money is going to go into those million dollar uh, uh, mortgages that people picked up uh, during the uh, the big housing bubble. Mm-hmm. So our next uh, election here 
in Australia well, is my home state of Victoria, the Victorian uh, state election on November the 26th. Uh, Dan Andrews is still the, the odds-on favourite to be re-elected uh, for a third term uh, unless uh, he is defeated in his own electorate of Mulgrave. Uh, so there is a high-profile independent who is running against him, uh, Ian, Ian Cook, formerly of I Cook Foods, whose uh, uh, business was uh, infamously shut down by Dan's chief health officer, uh, Brett Sutton, uh, when uh, some health inspectors from the city of Dandenong mysteriously found a exotic slug in the, the the kitchen uh there's been a lot of speculation that the slug was was planted there because uh city of dandenong had like a a rival uh food uh business that they were were backing uh so he's running to, to uh, well on a platform to put integrity back in politics because he was never prosecuted over this health breach he was also accused of killing an old lady who ate one of his uh sandwiches uh, again, like no, they're, they're, all the charges were eventually dropped by mm -hmm. uh, Victoria uh, police. Uh, how often has that happened? That, uh, well, with uh, anti-lockdown people, uh, bring them through because the process is the punishment, and then mm -hmm. got oh, just yeah, drop, drop charges. Yep, same thing they did uh, to protesters in New Zealand as well. Uh, Leighton, uh, Leighton Baker was the high-profile one here who had his charges dropped recently. Uh, again, you know, they put you through all that for a year and then, oh, oh well, yeah, sorry, sorry to bother you. Off you go. The Liberal candidate for Melgrave is uh, Michael uh, Pastrono, uh, who is a local uh, hairdresser who's uh, won, uh, won hair, Victorian Hairdresser of the Year uh, three times. I should say he's a, a straight hairdresser, so they, they, they do exist and uh, he uh, came under fire uh, this week uh, for what he said in an interview with on uh, Real Rakshan's channel, Rakshan uh, Fernando. And he will be brought to justice for the murder of 800 people for not allowing loved ones to kiss their loved ones goodbye who were dying in intensive care. So I know Nice. That refers to the 800 Victorians who died uh, with COVID. 801 actually is the uh, is the precise number who died during Victoria's second wave when uh, the the virus uh, went loose from from hotel quarantine. And I know that the using this sort of language is divisive in the the freedom movement because you're basically feeding the narrative that COVID is mm -hmm. super deadly. And so it's the role of government to protect people from dying with or from a, a respiratory virus. And so he uh, apologised uh, for the remarks. He said, I wish to apologise for the inappropriate language I used in an interview over the weekend. And, uh, 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 well, now uh, former uh, Minister Martin Bakula uh, who is uh, retiring uh, from state parliament this election, he uh, said that uh, people need to realise this is not an aberration. The Victorian Liberal Party has been colonised by the far right. People who've been marinating in sky after dark extremism, uh, 
and and anti-vax conspiracy lunacy. Why even do an interview with RV Yemeni's psychic Rakshan Cook? cooks and uh arby said too bad we don't live in communist china martin as much as labor tried to sell us out you and dan don't get to dictate the media landscape and who politicians answer questions from yeah because apparently they're, they're seeming to imply because he said it in an interview with with rakshan yeah. that you know rakshan uh, he must have caught <laughs> far right uh you know far right conspiracy theories he from the virus yeah because virus that's extremism, extremism yeah. works yeah uh, and you know when he when he makes those remarks uh, to blame the government for deaths uh, is I see it as a fair thing to do when the government takes responsibility for these right? they make it yes their responsibility. That's a, that's they make it their business well, if you're uh, promising so, to so protect you're, prom you're promising to save people's lives well then if if you believe people's lives are in your hand in the hands that they die well then that is your fault you know, you know and a, a more appropriate thing would be for the government to say hey you're you know we don't get to we don't control whether you live or die and we're not going to weld you into your apartments and force you to you know die alone in, in hospital beds and we're not going to keep medication from you and who knows what else uh, they did to people who died uh, so yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't i don't see a problem with that because they took they should take responsibility for that because they they put themselves into that position uh where they claim to have power over life and death and uh, now with the the, the current uh, flash floods uh, due to heavy rainfall in uh, Victoria, which have uh, so far claimed uh, two lives and devastated the uh, areas around uh, the regional towns of Echuca, Shepparton, and uh, around Melbourne's inner west, around the, the Maribyrnong River, uh, Dan is back into, what is that, uh, uh, disaster management uh, mode, if you can actually manage uh, disasters. So his daily press conference. <laughs> you never let a disaster go to waste. The command centre uh, are back. Now, people are relying on uh, our Bureau of Meteorology, uh, nicknamed the BOM, uh, for uh, up-to-date uh, information. Uh, though during this time of a natural disaster, uh, the Bureau of Meteorology decided it didn't want to be called the bomb anymore. And so the media should uh, refer to it as uh, the Bureau, uh, even though the website is bomb.gov.au. Uh, and so the Environment and Water Minister, Tanya Plibersek, said that uh, Australians should be free to call it whatever they like. And she did quite uh, not quite understand why the Bureau commenced a rebrand to update its name and logo, which, of course, I uh, cost uh, 220,000 uh, Australian uh, dollars. And of course, now was the perfect time uh, to basically ha have a, what is that, PR uh, exercise, you know, rather than getting, you know, uh, providing press releases about uh, <laughs> upcoming about rainfall. The weather. Yeah. Make sure you use us by our, our new uh, name. You know, don't, uh, don't, don't, Please don't, 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 dead, don't dead name us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, with the, the state emergency service in uh, Victoria, they've still got a vax mandate in mm -hmm. place. But then Andrew said, oh, well, you know, it's, it's only we a few won't rescue you. Who, are, who are not, uh, you know, there because of the vax mandates. Well, when it's the difference between life and death, like, mm -hmm an extra handful of volunteers could be useful. Yeah, absolutely. It's still uh, the, the punishment continues. And to some extent, the process is a punishment. They just, you know, it doesn't matter if the vax doesn't work. It doesn't matter if it doesn't do anything. Uh, it's you didn't, you didn't go along with their 
uh, with their narrative. You spoke out against it. You were right. And uh, that's why you need to be punished mm. because you made them, made, them, made them look silly. Uh, so the, the news cycle is it's coming back to the uh, election campaign now, though uh, the, uh, the liberal opposition isn't doing itself much favours when it uh, uh, puts out uh, flyers, which uh, this is the candidate for Werribee, uh, <laughs> Mia Shaw, who says, serving as your local councillor is an honour and responsibility to take very seriously. I'm proud to have delivered a number of positive changes for our local communities, including X and Y. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But do you know what's also a, a scandalous flyer that uh, Matt Guy has now put out? He likes to be called Matt Guy now, not Matthew. So better Matt not Guy. dead name him as Matthew as, as well. Uh, this is apparently really bad what he's promised, amending the Equal Opportunity Act to I allow stronger faith-based employment freedoms. Uh, uh, we will amend uh, the act to allow the right for faith-based organisations to employ persons that aligns with their religious organisation's values. Prior to amending the act, the Liberal government will initiate new uh, consultation to ensure that the change genuinely uh, genuinely balance religious freedom and individual rights. I'll know the horror. Uh, was this the one which the other side was about? It was targeted at Muslims as well? He was talking about protecting the rights of Muslims? Muslim uh, schools and Muslim schools and, yeah. and mosques and stuff. And he was going to invest in, in community. Yeah, I, I saw some complaints uh, about that as well. But uh, I, I thought interesting, interesting tactic. Uh, should put some of those out ch to churches. Use that as a. Uh, yeah, so you shouldn't it. really <laughs> like, uh, trust uh, the, the liberals. Word. No, well, that's the thing. He because he's like I said, he's just targeting the Muslim. You could tell he's just targeting the Muslim community for votes, basically. Uh, While trying yeah. to capitalize on uh, members of the faith community in the mm -hmm. aftermath of Andrew Thorburn's firing mm -hmm. from the Essendon Football Club for his uh, uh, being the chairman of uh, mm -hmm. his yeah, that, his church. Uh, but there, there are genuine uh, pro-freedom parties, uh, minor parties at the state election. The United Australia Party is is running. Their lead candidate or state leader, I should say, is a former uh, Liberal MP, Jeff uh, Shaw, who uh, quit uh, the, the party in part because they uh, weren't uh, pro-life enough for his liking. And uh, also there's uh, the Freedom Party of uh, Victoria, whose uh, main uh, uh, figurehead is uh, Morgan Jonas, uh, who has, was previously associated with uh, Reignite uh, Democracy Australia. Yeah, we have a number of these uh, parties as well in New Zealand, New Freedom Party, New Democracy Party, and so on. Uh, but for the most part, none of them are, are pro-life. It's just like, what's the point? Um, and you know what are you actually what are you actually standing for if you're not going to stand up for the most vulnerable people if you're not going to stand up for babies in the womb what's the point uh so um most of these new new pop-up uh parties we have here are likely to fail because there's no real reason for anyone to to really stick around for their beliefs because it's it's kind of just generic you know freedom and democracy i like okay well what does it really mean when you what do you really mean when you get down to it uh and They've got nothing, you know, no, no, just delay whatever, uh, you know, liberal, uh, hippie stuff doesn't matter. 
Well, the the uh, Albanese uh, government has been accused this week of uh, not uh, showing respect to Australia's uh, Jewish community uh, because uh, Foreign Minister Penny Wong, uh, she announced that uh, Australia's uh, uh, policy in regard to uh, the, the capital of Israel would revert back to recognising Tel Aviv as the... Uh-huh the capital of Israel, not uh, West Jerusalem, uh, which uh, Scott Morrison uh, announced as a Australian policy in the lead up to the 2018 Wentworth by-election, which is an inner uh, city, city uh, Sydney seat with a large uh, Jewish uh, population. So uh, they lost the seat uh, to an independent then. And uh, despite uh, the, the the Liberals' uh, uh campaigning uh, strongly on their their Zionist uh, credentials and that uh, they recognize mm-hmm. uh, West Jerusalem as the the capital all the uh, all the all the seats in in Melbourne and and Sydney at the federal election which had large Jewish voting blocks uh, were won by uh, either labor or the mm-hmm. teals and uh, this was put out <laughs> by the uh, the young liberals this week. Uh, where are the teals? Labor have dropped Australia's recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of of Israel, and yeah. uh, uh, a teal <laughs> or uh, Goldstein Zoe Daniel. Uh, she 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 basically decried the the politics of of both sides uh, with the uh, with the, the the moving of the the embassy. Uh, the, uh, she did say that this uh, disrespected an, an ally because the Israeli Prime Minister is facing an election in less than a month uh, was uh, not uh, pleased and also uh, alleged that making such an announcement on a, ho- on a, a Jewish holy day was offensive and inappropriate. Though, in, in my opinion, like this, 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 this sort of a, a partisan squabble uh, yeah, like th- this is like the uh, political elites, uh, you know, just uh, uh, having a ideological tiff. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, does uh, where the capital of Israel is? Yeah. I mean, does that help the ordinary Australian with the the cost of living, petrol, no. uptake of petrol, uh, paying their their mortgage? Like, is it you know the moving of the embassy going to make some sort of difference? No. What? Uh... As you mentioned, the uh, the Jewish community just votes left. Uh, yeah, they don't exactly. care where the capital, like, uh, capital of Israel is. They don't care. So who's who's it for? And that's where it, it comes down to is the uh, you've basically got the uh, the Zionist uh, lobby uh, or, or a particular theology of dispensationalism that's that's targeted at Christians. And the idea being that oh well, if Christians will move the move an embassy, then somehow you're going to uh, uh, emanatize the eschaton or something. You know, it's a it's a bizarre theology that's been sold to many Christians and evangelicals, and none of it's true. Uh, it's all, you know, all very modern uh, and uh, and nonsensical. Because I think I've mentioned this on the show like a year ago. Basically, the supposed end game of this uh, this this theology is like the Holocaust 2.0. Uh, that's like, why would you support that? This is an insane theological position to take. Uh, and and you know, how, why would you campaign on like moving an embassy uh, uh, in in Israel uh, because you believe that it would would uh, hasten the end times uh, and and bring about the destruction of of Israel? Like it's just a crazy 
it's, a, it's an insane theology and that's what it's that's the true target it's not the jewish community it's targeted at evangelical christians who, who hold to this this uh, particular theology the Morrison government never actually physically moved the embassy from yes, Tel Aviv. It's so, just symbolic. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was symbolic. Feel good, uh, feel good, virtue yeah. signal. You could use all of those words to describe it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, Labour has, as well, I reverted back to Tel Aviv so they uh, so they can help them retain uh, uh, seats in uh, seats that they hold in in Western uh, Sydney in a particular that. Ha- that have large uh, Muslim uh, voting uh, Muslim voting uh, bases, uh, so it's it's political on on their on their end uh, as well. Uh, but uh, also, I should mention that uh, the uh, the moving of the embassy, well, uh, back to Tel Aviv, also had the support of uh, Hezbollah, the the terrorist group in <laughs> in, 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 in Lebanon. Um, I'm not sure if they were counting on uh, Hezbollah's uh, endorsement of this forum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, all of this is very funny. As like the chat has mentioned uh, Kanye a few times, all of this in the context of Kanye's uh, cancellation um, is, I guess, ironic. Um, but yeah, a lot of this is more um, more uh, visible. Uh, you, you can see you can see these factions bickering and arguing over this stuff much more clearly now. You know, so like the the lines are being drawn in the sand, and uh, rather than you know not being able to tell who stood where um yeah and as origins point i'd love all the social cohesion yeah exactly you're gonna have uh you have ethnic groups you have multiple different ethnic groups in your own country arguing for different positions on foreign policy uh, it's this you don't want this stuff uh, you should shut it down uh now green senator from victoria lydia thorpe she's uh resigned as deputy senate leader of the greens which is a nothing uh position after uh, the abc reveal that uh in their words she briefly dated the ex-president of the victorian rebels outsaw outlaw motorcycle gang dean martin while sitting on a parliamentary law enforcement uh, committee she uh, did not disclose the relationship to her leader uh adam uh bant and as a member of that uh law enforcement uh, committee uh received co- uh, confidential uh, AFP uh, briefings on their operations on outlaw uh, bikey uh, gangs. And uh, she was communicating uh, with him on a, a secret messaging app, which uh, apparently was uh, wiped weekly. And so this is David Hiscock uh, of the XYZ summary. Uh, let's summarize. She's a federal senator who had a relationship with an alleged criminal because he doesn't have a mm-hmm. criminal record, uh, though um obviously uh outlaw motorcycle gangs are regularly uh monitored by police now uh uh, dean martin uh he is the uncle of richmond football player dustin martin whose uh whose father shane martin was uh, deported to new zealand because of his bikey criminal uh convictions and recently uh died and uh David Hiscock goes through all of her uh, previous race baiting uh, trans- 
transgressions because you originally uh, defended this relationship because you know he was for aboriginal rights so she's described herself as an infiltrator on behalf of aboriginal uh people and uh, so obviously she had she's uh, behaved appallingly in the the senate uh pre previously there's been allegations that she reduced an aboriginal elder for for tears uh by yelling at her during a meeting because you know don't you know who i am and uh, <laughs> when she was having this uh affair uh with uh this uh uh, this uh, Dean Martin uh, bikey, uh, she was uh, in a, well, you saw, you, you would say a, what is that? It was a, well, people knew about, well, uh, people with it, what well, was a, I think she disclosed this relationship to, to people. She was dating uh, Gavin McFadzen uh, of the Australian Conservation Foundation. And he found out yesterday that she, uh, she cheated on, on him. Uh, this is what uh, he posted uh, on Facebook. When you find out by national media your partner uh, was having an affair, and uh, this was I'm, the. I'm, dis I'm disappointed the 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 top emoji wasn't the laugh react or something. Yes, this was the front page of the uh, the Herald Sun today. Oh, tainted love. You remember yeah. that song? The uh, the barbecue bulletin. Their headline was: Leah thought claims she thought she was dating famous dead singer Dean Martin. That's I wonder one. if there's a also a a member of uh, the the Rebels Motorcycle Club called Jerry Lewis. And uh, this is a purported tweet from the Rebels MCS. <laughs> privacy during this difficult time and so now there is a concerted uh, campaign that uh, she should uh, uh, resign as a senator I mean she's resigned from a nothing position I mean she's had enough transgressions now eventually uh, former Labor Senator Sam Dastiari had a, had enough uh, transgressions uh, dealings with that he had to resign from Parliament. I think it's going to be more. Sorry, I don't know what happened there. It's going to be more difficult to force Lydia Thorpe's uh, resignation because I don't think she's going to give up a salary of 200k uh, a year to, I mean, what other uh, job uh, could she get? But yes, this is. <laughs> Uh, Labor have come out uh, very hard against her and Adam Bank, given that he was, you know, blindsided. Uh, you, when you mentioned that um, she wouldn't want to resign because of what other job is she going to get? Obviously, it's a very cushy job. And it's a, a similar subject came up with in the context of Gaurav Sharma here in New Zealand, who's you know, just triggered the by-election um, in that uh, they were surprised, inside Labor, they were surprised that he would speak out even if he was being bullied, even if it were true, because it was one of those, well, we're, you know, like we're Labour MPs, what else, what other kind of work are we going to do? Whereas he was a doctor who was able to go and get employment. He, once he's gone, he's able to go and get get good employment. But for many of these these people, MPs or senators, uh, that's it. Like that's their job. So they will hold on to that. They, you know, they, they, they would really, really have to be forced out the door and have no other option uh, because, because that's their, that's their, uh, their, their ticket, their golden ticket gone. 
And now we're approaching uh, the top of the hour. So I'll try to get through the, the other New Year's quite quickly. If you've got a super chat or question over on Entropy, please post it now. Uh, the uh, jury is still uh, deliberating in the, the trial of Bruce uh, Lerman, uh, accused of uh, one count of sexual intercourse without consent against former Liberal uh, staffer uh, Brittany Higgins. Uh, they have to reach a unanimous verdict. The evidence during the trial from from both the uh, both sides it's it's come across as a he said she said, and there's holes in in both of their stories. Though one of the the most notable uh, revelations during the trial is that. Uh, Peter Fitzsimons, the husband of Lisa Wilkinson, the project host who uh, had the, the first interview with Brittany Higgins when she went public uh, with her allegations before uh, she reported it to the police, uh, uh, because he's an author, uh, Peter Fitzsimons. Uh, well, there's a, there's he has uh, researchers who help him write his uh, Australian history uh, books. So he, uh, he approached her... Uh, even before she went to the uh, police with a $320,000 uh, book deal to uh, tell her side of the story. And uh, so uh, there are allegations that uh, chapter outlines had been made for a potential uh, book as well. And, you know, they, they are Australia's worst couple. I, Peter Fitzsimons has uh, recently stepped down as head or chair of the Australian Republican movement, even though supposedly this there it was this their golden opportunity after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to see that's yeah. over. Trust, long live the king. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is just um, where because the the fact that um, you know the the Brittany Higgins story was used as a as a you used to accuse the, the the coalition of of not being pro uh, women, the the fact that these two who are raging lefties were so intimately involved in uh, promoting the story. I mean, you know, they they don't come out looking like they're they're the champion of this um, alleged victim. And. Uh, also, uh, Australian sports codes uh, have decided to uh, go even more woke this uh, on the, the issue of climate change because uh, some Australian netballers, uh, even though Netball Australia is in, in debt to the tune of uh, $11 million, uh, they don't want uh, Gina Reinhart's uh, Hancock pros prospecting to sponsor them uh because uh, of her yeah well she's a, a mining magnate and you know, apparently it's it's bad for climate change and uh, the environment <laughs> uh, so her sponsorship is she's offered a 15 million sponsorship she's already saved in reinhardt australian swimming and now uh on uh, later this week a australian men's Test cricket captain uh, Pat Cummins. Uh, it uh, was reported that uh, he had uh, expressed a well, he'd confronted Cricket Australia CEO over uh, their uh, sponsorship by uh, Alinta uh, because it burns coal to light homes and 
power uh, businesses and also uh, many uh, ex-Fremantle uh, uh, players, uh, high-profile supporters and current uh, Fremantle Dockers players, including Brandlow medalist Nate Fife, uh, want their... Uh, the club to cut ties with oil and gas uh, giant Woodside, who's a sponsor, claiming it did not align with the the club's uh, values. So, I was going to ask when what what does the uh, climate change flag look like? <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that um, will fund their sport. I mean. <laughs> You know, if you don't want these these sponsorships, uh, if you want to go woke, you're most likely to go broke, mm-hmm. as the saying goes. Mm-hmm. And and as you know, I'm I'm a fervent anti uh, professional sports activist, so I'm happy to see them go broke. <laughs> but it's sad for people such as myself who love you, you love, enjoy love the sports ball every now and then. I know. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be you know, tough times are coming. It's supposed to be. A, it was supposed to be a getaway from uh, these sorts of uh, mm-hmm. political things, but no more. Mm-hmm. Oh well, who knows? Perhaps we'll have nuclear war to look forward to uh, over Christmas. So uh, you may have find other entertainment. Oh well, the 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 UK providing quite the what is it the pantomime. At yes, the, the yes. moment, where if our Australian politics was dysfunctional with our revolving door prime ministership, what did John Key say at the time? Oh, I'd invite the Australian prime minister here, but I don't know who would show up. Now, <laughs> the, the UK Conservative Party is churning through prime ministers at an even faster rate now. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Boris will return as I yeah. um, well, the, the he, he left. Globalists have yeah. taken over. Uh, they might select somebody. Yeah, who knows who will be selected? Uh, I don't really care, but you know, I enjoy the fact that Boris left in disgrace, and then it was followed by an ill omen of the of the monarch dying. Um, his successor was wiped out by this disaster, and now kind of maybe he's coming back. You know, he's had to fly back urgently, and um, who knows? Maybe uh, there, there may be a Boris Johnson redemption arc. I mean, I, only I he can uh, like <laughs> uh, like defeat the glo- slay the globalists once again. <laughs> yeah, so instead of uh, betraying us and becoming uh, a servant of the globalists, maybe uh, we should give him a second chance. And yeah, I'm I'm up for it. It's uh, it's not like it's not like he could get any worse. So you know that whoever uh, you know that if they pick anybody else, it'll be worse than than Boris. Uh, yeah, the only uh, other option is a, is a is an election. An election where uh, Nigel Farage runs again and like wipes out the entire party. It's possible. That's possible. That's possible. He's he's said that he can't do it on his own with a first past the post system. Like he needs. Yeah, like, you can. But you yeah, could but... you could punish. You could deliberately, uh, you know, you, you basically force them to pay attention to you by destroying any prospect they would have of winning. So. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the the nuclear option, if you will. You know, he does have the nuclear option, um, and 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 wipe them out, and and, yeah. and after, oh, yeah. that, after that, you can start something else. Yeah, yeah. metaphorical. But, you know, he's not. He's. <laughs> we've got two nuclear options uh, in on that part of the world now. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I don't think Nigel Farage is because last time he he 
he wasn't brave enough to pull the trigger. Uh, and I don't think he's the kind of man who could pull the trigger on on that kind of uh, option um, because he kind of he, he he you have to be willing to give the country over to to the Labour Party. Like you have to be willing to lose. Uh, you have to be willing to to, to destroy your uh, your more immediate enemy and to let somebody you know to, to let your other enemies have their uh, day in the sun. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens. But there aren't many options. So it's no. going to be, which, which makes it, which is, makes it guaranteed entertainment. Yes. I mean, what is it? All their, what is it? Mainstream media now have like permanent reporters outside uh, 10, 10 Downing Street. <laughs> I, I'm surprised that there's room, for, room for them all uh, there. But uh, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that that uh, era in Australian politics is uh, thankfully over. Uh because yes, uh, I mean we were an international laughing stock in in this regard. I mean we still are in terms of our COVID response, so it's just something different now. But uh, thank you again, uh, uh, Due, for another uh, thorough Trad Tasman talk. Uh, hopefully Stephen will be back next week, though it'll be at a later time of seven PM Melbourne time, nine PM Auckland time on the Unshackled and Right Minds uh channels uh but it will be friday nights that's definitely guaranteed all right good night and i'll see you uh, all again in two weeks yeah and i'll see you all on monday for tim's news explosion 8 30 p.m melbourne time on the wilms front channels and of course cheap keep checking out the unshackled Dot net. Uh, also, please check out my uh, interview today on the uh, Cafe Lockdown uh, Mornings with Michael Gray Griffiths as well. I'll embed that on the website as well. Uh, good night, everybody. Take and care. Enjoy, enjoy your Labor Day to my fellow Kiwis. Good okay. Night. Good night. That's on Monday, Labor Day. Speaking <laughs> of the Labor Party. <laughs> good night. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.